podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Positivity Podcast on Anfield Index. My name is Matt McElroy, and I will be your moderator for today's discussion. I am joined by Lubo Murkoff and Paul Jenkins. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Um, in continuation of our theme, as has always been the case, the sun is absolutely um, pelting down here, and it's a lovely uh, summer's evening. Um, today started off, and the rain was pouring out of the heavens, so... <clears throat> as is normal when it comes to a positivity podcast recording session the sun comes out so maybe we should do this like every night in the week and at that point then the sun will never leave northern ireland but i'm good that's fantastic <laughs> yeah it's um it, it's cooled off here in seattle a little bit so i'm i'm enjoying the uh the cooler weather here uh this morning and just it's it's nice, nice to be just in in the summer and still still going. And I'm I'm glad you're enjoying the sun. Uh, so Lubo, how are you doing? I am good. I'm good. I was uh, able, uh, in the spirit of uh, what uh, Paul was saying, a spirit of the summer, even though not weather related, but more crossfit related. I was able to get my workout in this morning, and then uh, I've I've been just a couch potato since then. I watched the the Spurs Wolves game. I watched the the, the Dortmund the Dortmund Bremen game. And I, I have actually the uh, Union and Leipzig game on TV in the background as we're chatting. So it's, it's, it's been actually good to get back into uh, watching teams that are not Liverpool, you know, because there's a much lower level of stress <laughs> and anxiety. <laughs> and uh, so I think this will be it this weekend, just in anticipation of the big game on Monday. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a very, very fun morning. Um, so let's... Um... Let's let's get into it. Uh, so our our opening question today. Um, so the the start of the the Champions League group stage is coming up fast. the The draw should be at the end of the week. This week. Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys: Do you have any favorite uh, group stage games in from previous seasons? So Lubo, do you want to get us started on that one? So um, yeah, I actually thinking about it um, when you, when you sent out the questions. I actually was thinking more uh, which season not just individual group games but just the, the group stage campaign i enjoyed a lot and, and obviously last year was a lot of fun because we won all all six games or did we no we lost to inter so uh, uh the inter game was no, the round no. of 16 oh it was round yeah. of 16 that's right we won all six uh i'm misremembering but actually i was thinking back to that 17 18 season which is the first uh season that we had um mo salah and then we still had phil for the group stages and, and we didn't have great teams. So it was uh, Sevilla, uh, and we drew twice, and then we had Spartak, and then we had Maribor. But those games were just so much fun because we're scoring so many goals, even if we're not winning all the games. 
And this really was the first time that we got to see the, the front three, uh, the famous front three. And, and also for that half season, we also had Phil. So it was really front, uh, front four for a period of time. And I just remember those games being some of the most exciting, just most wonderful games to, to watch from, a, from, from just the type of just crazy energetic football. That actually might be still one of my most enjoyable Champions League campaign, getting all the way uh, to Kiev. I know we didn't win in, in Kiev, but that actually might be one of my, my most favorite Champions League campaign. Uh, even though, you know, a couple of years later, or the, the, the season after that, we ended up winning in Madrid, but that season was insane. So I would say as, as, a, as a group that I, group stage that I really enjoyed, it was that 17-18 season. Yeah, that, that was a really good one. Uh, that, that was the season where Liverpool won twice 7-0 over the that's course true, of right. a six-game six period. Uh, yeah, I, and I agree with you that that 17-18 Champions League campaign is probably my favorite. Uh, it was just fantastic all the way through, except for the last game. Uh, so for me, just as an individual game uh, that I found to be like very fun was the 5-0 the away at Atalanta. Uh, that was like a game where Diogo Jota just really announced himself as like the next big thing in the Liverpool front three. And Curtis Jones at 19 years old had a really awesome game. So I, like that one, I look back and was like, that was a really fun game. And I enjoyed that one. Um, so uh, Paul, what are your thoughts on uh, favorites from the group stage over the years? So there's a reason that us three guys do this positively podcast together. It's because a lot of the stuff we talk about, we are similar minded and similar thinking because I went straight to the 17, 18 season and was like, I really love the group stages and that, especially the, the seven nils. Um, and so it's kind of like, yeah, we're, we're kind of all singing off the same hymn sheet when it comes to, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, I love that. There's a memory that sticks out for me. It's the Marabor seven nil. Um, the whenever we were away playing in that orange top because uh i was playing a gig that night and uh the the gig didn't we got there for sound check to do the gig um i think i maybe listened to the first 15 minutes as i was driving to 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 the bar and to set up and then i come in uh, and like watch 20 minutes of the game on the screen and just couldn't believe what i was seeing before we actually got first sound check and stuff so it's one of those nights where i kind of have that memory of the game because i was doing something else that i really loved as well do you know what i mean so it's that kind of it's that kind of association and i just remember and i i really loved that away kit and it's probably my biggest regret from like that season. I didn't buy that that top. Um, and like anyone who knows me knows that I absolutely love football tops. And generally, I will buy like Liverpool's home kit, their away kit, their goalkeeper kit, whatever. Most seasons, unless there's something that I really hate. <clears throat> so like I have, I have a lot of the kits from the last number of seasons. And for me, it's just that orange kit seven nil, just being completely surprised because I think like Ox got a goal and like just everyone was chipping in with goals that night. And then we were doing a gig afterwards, and like it was a good gig. We really enjoyed it. So for me, um, it's that it's that kind of you know that was the kind of group game that stuck out for me. And then possibly the PSG game. So PSG game the season after that we won three two, where PSG came back to make it two each, and then did Bobby get the third goal to make it three two? Yes. 
Yeah, she and did. That, she did. And that, that was the, the famous celebration where he puts his uh, one hand over his eye because he had just yes. gotten poked in the eye. And That's that was like right. three, three days afterwards. So, yes. you know, the funny thing, Paul, is like that was my like alternate game to the 5 mil at Atalanta. <laughs> there's a reason why we do this podcast together like isn't it and then the other one was i also lament not buying the orange jersey and that white and green jersey from the 17 18 season so (laughs) oh yeah it's it's hilarious i don't think i have the white and green i don't think i have it yeah i love the the, my boys have the white and green kit they loved it actually Uh, quite funny i think noah has it with uh, lalana on the on the back of it um, but uh, the the orange kit I just absolutely loved and have like there's a mate of mine has it and every time he wears it whenever we're playing five aside and I'm just I'm so jealous that you have that top but he's a medium so there's no point in me even saying that I'll buy it off him because it'll never fit me like I I'm a double XL. <laughs> I actually have the white and green from seventeen eighteen. Uh, it was Mo, uh, Mo Salah, so uh, it was uh, I wanted to 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 buy that one. So I I have it sometimes to wear it. It is it is a it is a lovely kit. Yeah, totally. So. All right. So ah, good times, good times. Good, the good times. So I will. Uh, I will. Speaking of, of just other games, yeah, that one big is is that five nil at Porto, where Sadio Mane scored a hat trick, uh, and that that was just just amazing. Another amazing game it was also one of my favorites. So whenever they have uh, highlights of Champions League games, I, I, similar to to the way that um, that Diogo. Just absolutely busted in Atalanta with just crazy goals. It's the same that uh, uh, for 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 that Porto game and, and Sadio scoring those goals, especially the last one, which he he thumped from like thirty yards. <laughs> it was beautiful. So that's another game that I'll give a shout out to. Wonderful. Uh, so now that we've covered some of the good times, let's let's um, take a look at what's happened at the beginning of the season. Um, this year. So uh, Liverpool have opened the season with a 2-2 draw against Fulham and a 1-1 draw against Crystal Palace. Um, so what I wanted to do to start um, our discussion here is try to like identify positive uh, positives from these results. Uh, it's, you know, starting with the two draws is a very uh, suboptimal way to begin the season. So uh, I wanted to ask, did, did any players stand out for you? Or are there any like general observations about tactics or analytics that seem promising from the first two games? So, Lubo, do you want to get us started? So, I will correct you there. We actually have played three games that matter. And I know most <laughs> people think that the Community Shield is, is just a glorified friendly. But I actually thought it was a really important game. And the fact that we, 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 we won it, which, listen, it's a trophy. If Man City are going to put it on their for whatever that was, foursome or whatever, formidables uh, and nonsense, I will count it when Liverpool win it. Uh, especially since uh, the club had never won it with Liverpool, right? That was a, a, another one of those trophies or, 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 or cups that club uh, had not won. He had lost twice the Community Shield before that. So winning it uh, was important. But just the manner in which we played, and actually I watched the game on my phone at an airport in San Francisco, <laughs> which was a little bit uh, uh, interesting. But to me, that was an important game, and we played really well. And I think we showed in that game that we could actually, when we have everybody available, and when we get our tactics right and, and the mindset right, we could just beat anybody. And so I think 
that to me that that game is an important just because I think it was a, a very good um, benchmark of what this team is capable of. Uh, and so, and then unfortunately, then we had the situation with with the two draws, uh, and and it feels a little bit like we had that we we had this um, even last last season, and we we've just had a little bit of a misfortune with uh, disrupted seasons where players are not available. Uh, or they either came back from internationals with some some issues. I think it happened with uh, Fabinho and Thiago last year. I think Henderson as well. Uh, and now we have the situation with Kelleher and, and Jota coming back from internationals with with, with injuries. Uh, but and then just picking up these these knocks at the beginning of the season. So it feels like it's it's an, it's it's a it's a theme where Liverpool can't quite get started. Um, on with with just uh, consecutive wins or with with just a string of wins, so that from that perspective it is unfortunate, and and I think there's no sugarcoating it. The, the Fulham game did not start well. You could say that at the end we could have won it, but probably draw was uh, deserved. And um, the Palace game again, it, it's 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 strange. I think if 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 you are the type of person who uh, looks at uh, statistics and 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 looks at holistically uh, at how Liverpool played, especially with with eleven men. Uh, you could see that okay, we we are creating chances, we are creating big chances, we're taking a lot of really good shots, we're not scoring as many shots as many goals. We've only scored three. In reality, probably could have scored five or six. Probably should have scored about five or six uh, in the league so far. So there are positives uh, from that perspective, especially on, on offense. They just the team just hasn't quite clicked, um, and and I think that the other just the, the unfortunate thing is that with, with injuries and the disruptions and, and the inconsistencies, and also conceding first goals again, it's just such a so difficult when you when you concede the first goal even against teams like Fulham and Palace, and then you dig yourself into a hole and you have to. To dig up and and the way the 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 good thing is the way that the team responded, both at Fulham in the second half as well as against uh, Palace, despite going down to ten men, I think it's it's encouraging. There's a lot of positives there that that can be learned. It's just because you went into that hole a goal down, it just made it so difficult to to come back and win it. And 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 so we're we're up with two draws now, but. Yeah, we'll it, 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 I mean, we'll just accept it as what it is. It's very frustrating. You know, uh, when I was looking back over previous seasons, it's in games one and two this year, there was a penalty conceded by Liverpool and a Liverpool player getting a red card. And so those things in previous seasons that weren't the like injury crisis season, uh, like last season, there were no penalties conceded. The two previous seasons where Liverpool was at full strength, they conceded one penalty all season. So now that happens in the first game. Uh, yeah. Then for red cards, like that happens maybe once a year to Liverpool. Happened in the second game. So now you have consecutive games to start the season where a once-a-season type event happens. That then contributes to the draws, and then it makes you feel bad about the start because you've had these things where if they had been distributed differently through the season, then you would potentially like view how things are going quite a bit differently so like in that way you can look at those events and think that it's 
you know, likely that they won't happen again, at least in the near term. And so some of what we will see going forward for Liverpool is like those bad things won't happen and um, they'll get the results they need to start to win. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't think that we're in, in that dire of straits yet. Um, we'll, we'll see how this goes out. So, Paul, uh, what are you seeing in terms of positives from, like, from the start of the season? The results are not positive, and there's no point trying to sugarcoat it and go, oh, yeah, but, you know, two draws. And, you know, we've, turned, we've turned two defeats into two draws, and while that may, of course, be the case, in, in, both, in both those games we went behind, in both those games we've brought it back, in the Fulham game we went behind again and then brought it back, as you've talked about, gave away a penalty. And, and like a scenario where we would kind of always have that under control, you're kind of going... Like why did Verge make that? You know, it wasn't even a full lunge; it was just kind of a half a lunge, and then pulled away. But it done enough to for Mitrovic to get the knee contact and go down. Even when Trent was covering, you're just kind of going like those things we don't we don't do. The 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 Crystal Palace goal was you know it was down to Nat trying to make a decision, not making a decision quick enough. Was he going to stick? Was he going to step back? Was he going to push forward? By the time he'd made the decision. Zaha was played onside and Verge got back there but slowed down because he probably thought Zaha was maybe going to turn inside him. So he was giving himself the space, you know, to, to, to be able to counter that kind of manoeuvre, but also putting his trust in Ali, making the save. When when you know, we know the stats from last year where we 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 found that it was very much a um a specific thing that Liverpool did where they actually let players take shots because they had faith that, you know, that, that Alisson was going to make the saves. So uh, I would kind of look at it and go, we have created so many chances and and conceded opportunities and goals in situations that we wouldn't normally do, if that makes sense, in the last couple of seasons. Um, and so <clears throat> I would kind of go, like, on the whole, yes, it's not positive in terms of results, but I look at our play and our style of play and we look at the likes of Harvey Elliott, who I thought on uh, Monday night had a cracker game against Crystal Palace. Um, and you go, well, there is real positives there because we've, you know, we've got injuries and there's no point, you know, point trying to sugarcoat that either. We've had injuries. None of them are like massive season ending injuries. They're not, you know, Virgil four games into the season, that's him out kind of thing. And, you know, Thiago's probably out in total, isn't it, what, four to six weeks by the time, you know, he'll get back. Jota should be back inside the next week or two. Bobby's back for this Monday night. Um, Keita should be over his illness, which we've heard was quite a bad illness. So, you know, Naby should be back. Um, the only one out is Ox, and you're kind of going, well, he doesn't play a whole heap anyway. So, I kind of look at it and go, you know, we're not, as you said, Matt, we're not in dire straits. It would have been lovely. And I know in our last Positivity podcast, we talked about the fact that the first five games should be 15 points. You know, I said that very, very confidently. Um, and now i am got egg in the face because instead of having six points, we're sitting here with two points and we're not happy about how it's went. But, like, <clears throat> I, 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 don't th- I don't think our performances have been terrible. I think our performances have been good. It's just the results haven't went how we thought they were going to go. And it's weird because watching the Fulham game and the Palace game, there was still that air of optimism that we were going to go on and get the win. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? We we like you still watched it kind of going. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get that third goal against Fulham. We're gonna get that second goal against Palace, and we're gonna go on and win this. It just didn't happen. Right? Yeah. Like there. Whenever you watch Liverpool, or at least when I watch Liverpool, I always think they're gonna come back and win, just because that's yeah. what they've done so many times. And so, uh, it, it's sort of out of the ordinary that they didn't. Yes. Yeah. And, exactly. and there were I'm, chances. Yeah, there were. There were, and I think that's the thing that we've we've learned over the last couple of seasons that that Jurgen has instilled instilled that mentality of if we go behind, it doesn't matter. We're going to come back and win. So sitting here today, it's nearly a surprise that we didn't come back and win those two games because our mindset and our and the, the mindset of the players is very much, and as us of supporters is very much it doesn't matter if we go behind, we're going to go on and win anyway because as you said, we've done it so many times. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of things to add. So around the chances to win, I mean, obviously they were not great chances, but mm. the, the 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 Henderson shot that just went off the, yeah. the the bar. I mean, you're talking about a couple of inches lower, and that was going in. And then you, you sit down and you say, okay, we we didn't play great, but you know we're able to win, kind of kind of a thing. Uh, and then mm. uh, against Palace, there were two shots again, not great shots. One from uh, Mo Salah that just barely went wide, and then uh, Fabio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's another just volume. I mean, it was inches. So again, the, those are the small margins. But if if, if again, if, if let's say Fabio showed go, goes in, I think that the the feeling would be very very different. You know, mm-hmm. ten men coming back uh, against the against the eleven men Palace and and actually winning a game. I mean, that would the, 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 then the story would be very different. The positivity around the club would be uh, quite quite higher. And and those are some of the small margins. But the other thing that, that, that you said, uh, Matt, I, just, I did want to, uh, I remember <laughs> I was listening to the season preview of uh, AI Under Pressure and that Kenneth uh, said, you know, listen, last year we didn't concede any penalty. Where do you want? And then boom, the first game. And he, it was a penalty <laughs> where you, you, don't, you don't, don't expect uh, Virgil to, to, to get done like that, you know, to get fooled and to make a tackle. And normally he makes those tackles uh, maybe three times a year, tackles like that, but usually they're outside the box. Uh, and then it, it, there's just a foul. And this time it just happened to be inside the box. And you, you, know, you know it's, it's chances of that happening again. Uh, the, the season is very low. And same with the red card. I mean, it's, it's a red card that we get once a year. Uh, you know, I remember one year Sadio got it and then Robo got it last year, but... It's not like something that is a huge problem for, for this team. So we, ju- we just need to uh, survive this period without having uh, Darwin in the next three games. And then hopefully the, the bad luck when it comes to penalties and red cards, <laughs> hopefully it's done for the season. And, and, and we, we just basically have uh, much better luck the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the next question I have is... Um... Do you guys think that Liverpool's title challenge is in jeopardy at all? And if not, what would you have to see to think it was? And so, Paul, do you want to get us started on that one? Yeah, like, do I see it in jeopardy? No, not yet. We're two games into the season. (laughs) I don't think anyone can say a title challenge is in jeopardy two games into the season. But we obviously know we're up against uh, such a good team in Man City. And it's going to be a really complicated challenge to kind of to keep going toe-to-toe with them but we only have to look to last season and at one point we were 14 14 points behind them 
granted two games in hand, but we still needed to go on and win those games. Um, and, and we brought it back and finished the season with one point between us. So we're four points behind them currently. It's not panic stations by any stretch of the imagination. We play them twice. Um, I also think that the teams like Arsenal, Chelsea, um, Spurs have strengthened to a degree where they may give City and ourselves a bit more of a game. We've already we've already seen like Fulham have got off to a flyer um in the league. They're you know, I think they didn't they beat Brentford today. They uh, drew yeah, with they us and, 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 and did they win midweek. So <clears throat> you know, or last weekend. So I think, you know, Fulham are, are maybe didn't. Um so Fulham, you know, they're still they're not a walkover team. So we know that the teams we always say this about the Premier League. The Premier League isn't a farmers league yet. <laughs> we haven't reached that point yet where Man City can just boss it and, and and win every game that they play. It's not it's not the Bundesliga. Um, and it's not France or it's not, you know, it's not Spain where you have the two teams really going at it. So we know the Premier League, you are gonna get those odd results. You are gonna get where Crystal Palace get a win or where Brentford get a draw against us. So we know that 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 I just look at it and go, there's so much more football to be played. For people to even suggest that the title is out of our hands and is away and is gone, I just find that kind of, you know, I just find it kind of like ridiculous. And at the same time, we have a World Cup <laughs> coming in November, which is going to give us a five-week break. Who knows what players are going to come back from that injured for other teams. We know that we don't have a whole heap of players going to the World Cup, so I think it works in our favour um, and even like some of our players who may go like Trent and Hendo they're not going to play for England they're not going to play every game for England they're going to come on as subs I don't see Gareth Southgate starting Trent, he may start Hendo but I don't know because Hendo hasn't really been available for many of the friendlies or hasn't played in the friendlies so I just look at it and go even if our players do go away I think we're going to come back <clears throat> Christmas and have a lot of players not available. Whereas, you know, City could have players who are away to the World Cup and come back with injuries. Chelsea could have the same. Spurs could have the same. So I just look at it and go, like, you know, there's no way. This is going to be the weirdest season that, that we've seen in English in English football. So two games after it, two games into it, I don't think there's any point trying to make title challenge uh, assumptions um, because it's just going to be nuts. Yeah, and the 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 other thing with this whole weird schedule stuff um, is like if you look at what happened last season, um, Liverpool had two draws and two losses against the bottom sixteen teams. The two draws happened early yeah. in the season. They weren't the first two games. So like basically, these two draws that we had to start the season are equivalent to that Brent Brentford and Brighton. Uh, draws. So as long as the pattern follows the same, everything should be okay. Uh, and then where Liverpool really need to make the gains is against the other teams that finish in the Champions League spots. So in those six games yeah. last year, all six were draws. And so you could have a situation yeah. where Liverpool win three and lose three, but get three more points out of those games. So exactly. focusing on winning against your direct rivals is going to be need to be an emphasis of focus right um and yep. you know like like i was 
alluding to earlier, like Liverpool are not in dire straits. So the thing that would have to happen for Liverpool to really start to like fade out of the title challenge is what happened two seasons ago where you have like a huge injury crisis where players are not out for like two weeks, but they're out for the whole season. And so since that hasn't happened, like everything is fine. And, you know, the other thing that happened in that crisis season is Liverpool stopped scoring goals. So as long as Liverpool are creating chances, getting lots of shots and scoring goals, like they're going to be in the race. Uh, So Lubo, Lubo, what are your thoughts on this? So uh, uh, to, to, Look at last season, uh, the way you did, Matt, is we, we ended up with 92 points. And I actually think this year, too, because of how much stronger Arsenal and Chelsea and Spurs are, and, and also just, I think the Premier League, just teams look stronger, right? I think 92 points might be more than enough to win the title. In fact, we may actually see a season where uh, a team wins with sub-90 points, right? We'll see how it happens. But... But last year, Liverpool got to 92 points and dropped points in, in 10 of those games. So eight draws and two, and two losses. So 10 games where you, 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 uh, we dropped points, right? And so I think just those are a little bit more spread out. Uh, we, had, uh, we had around Christmas because of COVID, we had three games where we, we dropped seven points with, what was it, Leicester and Spurs and Chelsea. But otherwise, the, the games where we dropped points were kind of spread out uh, a bit. Uh, and now, because we start the season, and and also you start with two with two draws, th- there's a panic. But the reality is, you're always going to. I mean, the reality is, we're always going to drop points. In I don't know, I would say eight to ten games is probably what what is realistic to expect. So we still have quite a few games where we will still drop points. Uh, and as long as we can win. I would say about 28 games or so. That's probably where 20, I mean, ideally 28, 29. If you can get to 30, you're probably winning the league. But looking at 28, that means we still have wiggle room, right? We've not like dropped a game, a points in in 10 games already because then you're basically asking to go undefeated for the rest of the season. The other thing is Man City last year, they dropped points in nine games. No, in seven games, no, nine games. They, They had... Seven, uh, three, uh, three losses and six draws, or something like that. So yeah. e- even they, they yeah. drop yeah. six, points, six right? draws, three losses. Right. So it, the teams are going to to drop points. We're gonna drop points again. Man City is going to drop points again. That is going to happen. It, it's it's just it's it's around you know hopefully not not more than that. So what I would love to see is 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 for the confidence of the team, for the confidence of the fans, uh, uh, just. You want to start putting a few wins together. I think that would be a, a huge, huge boost. Hopefully, it starts with Monday. But the reality is, whether you drop, uh, whether you have two draws in the first two games or you have uh, two draws in the first ten games, you know, as long as it kind of works mm-hmm. out that you're not dropping beyond, yeah. it, it kind of uh, evens out uh, in the end. And I think the other thing that you mentioned, which will be really important this year. And luckily, we don't play a lot of the other big teams for a while. I mean, obviously, we're playing United on Monday, but are they a big team? I don't know. It's, it's a questionable. But we drew, with, we drew uh, with Spurs. We drew with Chelsea. We drew with Man City. Uh, those, those are the, 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 the games where, ideally, at home, you want to start winning again. Uh, and yeah. I have confidence that we can do that, right? So if we're able to beat Spurs at home and beat Chelsea at home, and especially if we beat... 
Man City at home. That is going to go a long way toward compensating uh, for for the points that we dropped uh, uh, against Palace and at Fulham. And, and the, the the funny thing is, there's this freak out about drawing it home to Palace, but people forget that. Uh, Man City, they've lost twice in the last three or four seasons to Palace at home. I mean, Palace are kind of an awkward yeah. team, and and these things happen. So, it's it's just it's not ideal. It's it's not definitely not the results are not great. You would have liked to have at least one win, uh, the first two, but it's not the end of the world either. Nope, not at all. Uh, so th- I think that's a good point in time for us to start looking ahead. Um, so. Liverpool, as as you guys mentioned, uh, play Manchester United on Monday night. Um, then after that, starting next weekend, the the first busy period of the season starts, uh, and that will see Liverpool play against Bournemouth, Newcastle, and Everton within a seven day period. So as we look ahead, uh, let's let's uh, take a take a moment here to just review the uh, review the squad and the the depth options. So. Um, at goalkeeper, Liverpool have Allison, Kelleher, and Adrian. Um, at left back, Liverpool have Andy Robertson and Costa Simicus. At center back, Liverpool have uh, Virgil Van Dijk, Joel Matip, Ibrahima Kanate, and Joe Gomez. Um, at right back, Liverpool have Trent Alexander Arnold and Calvin Ramsey. In midfield, Liverpool have Fabinho, Thiago, Naby Keita. Jordan Henderson, James Milner, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, and Stefan Bajsedic. Uh, in the forward line, Liverpool have Mohamed Salah, Darwin Nunez, um, Luis Diaz, Diogo Jata, Roberto Firmino, and Fabio Carvalho. So looking at that squad, uh, do you guys think there is enough um, depth there, at least for the, the first period of the season until we get to the World Cup? Uh, Paul, do you want to give us your thoughts? Definitely. And I think you've left out one of the most important uh, members of that did, squad, uh, Nat Phillips. Did, did I? <laughs> Nat Phillips? Ah, uh, yes. Nat Phillips. You know, you haven't got Nat Phillips in there. You know, the Bolton Brazy. Um, but, no, do we have enough depth? Of course we have enough depth. Enough depth. Um, we had enough, enough depth last season. Um, I think... Uh, I think we have done well in our transfer dealings, um, bringing in Carvalho, bringing in Calvin Ramsey, bringing in um, Darwin Nunez. And um, obviously, you know, Mane going is a big loss. But let's also, I, I like I like to think of of Diaz as probably a, a signing who would have come in this summer, but was 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 fast-tracked due to the events that happened in, in January when Spurs tried to get on to, onto him as well. So, you know, you look at those four players that we've brought in, I, I think we've youth, we've brought in youthfulness and we've brought in quality and we've brought in good players. Um, I, I also feel that, you know, um, the start of the season has been skewed slightly when it comes to depth conversations because of the injuries. And there's small injuries, they're niggly injuries. You know, Jota's injury is the result of his international period. You know, he came back, did he play a bit in a friendly, and then 
tweaked it again. So it's just that, you know, there's just wee niggly injuries that, that you've kind of started the season with, but you probably think you aren't going to start the season with. And then obviously when we come to talk about teams and team lineups for games, you're kind of going, oh, well, he's injured and he's injured. You know, we've got 12 injuries. That's the most injuries we've ever had as a team starting the season or whatever. But you look at the injuries and it's maybe, you know, it's maybe a wee niggly muscle injury that keeps them out for two games and then they're back in or Naby's case, an illness that kept them out. Um, and so you're kind of going, well, actually, when it, actually, when it comes down to it, our starting 11 are still incredibly strong. You know, I think Jamie Carragher said it on Monday Night Football on, on Monday night there, our starting 11 was probably nine of the 11 players who we would start with most games anyway. So when we look at that aspect of things, we you know we should be okay going forward into these games. It's just about them rotating, bringing in the right players at the right time, and also bringing back these players from injury. And like I think Naby Keita, I'm really hopeful that that he plays on Monday night, just because you know for for the creativity for his ability just to kind of rotate with Thiago. So Thiago's out injured for another couple of weeks. If Naby can get you know three out of these four games where he's playing. Um, I you know I think that's good for him, good for his confidence, good for the team. Harvey, I think Harvey's played brilliantly. We've got we've got the Hendo uh, conversation that always floats around, but we know he's going to get minutes and he's going to get games. He's going to you know he's going to play. I actually thought Milner did really really well on Monday night um, against against Palace. So you know I I personally think we have got good depth even with those small niggly injuries that we've had, because like Bobby's back, so Bobby has missed one game, but he's back for Monday night. You know, people at one stage were saying, oh, that's him out for three weeks, four weeks. He might not be back before the international break. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we overplay injuries, and actually, when we look at it, our squad depth is, is, is pretty good. I think Calvin Ramsey's obviously the, the, the odd one, um, because you, you would have thought he would have had a period of time in pre-season. And probably being able to get ten minutes in these kind of first games of the season, but because of the of the of the the what they've identified physically with him in some of the training sessions and some of the physical sessions, there, there's a need for to make sure that they treat that they treat him well at at this stage of his career to make sure then that nothing develops further down the line. So you can appreciate that and go, okay, well that still leaves us a wee bit a wee bit lighter at the right-back scenario. But we have James Milner and we have Joe Gomez, who Joe Gomez on, on Monday night when he came on, I thought was, again, played excellent, um, nearly playing the position of two of, of, of two players in one to make sure that when we played with 10 men, we were still looking as if we had, you know, five attackers um, because he was able to cover so well at the back. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't look at it and go, oh, we've got terrible depth. I think we are fine now until the World Cup. I don't think there's an issue. If there was a major injury in midfield, another, you know, Thiago S where someone's out for six weeks, then then we might start to question how, how where we're at with things. But I mean, Jones can't be that far away from coming back. Naby's back. Thiago will be back in a couple of weeks. So like I you know, I, I personally don't think we're too bad. No, I think we're okay. Yeah, I, I think what I read earlier this week is that they're expecting nearly everyone to be back by the end of the month. So mm-hmm. by you know the 
I think the midweek game against is it um, Newcastle? Newcastle, right? I think around there is when everybody's supposed to be back to full training, and then maybe Tiago's of like a few days after that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, by like the tenth of September, everyone but Ox should be back from their current injuries. Uh, yeah. So they're all very short term uh, injuries, and you know it. I think that what um, they were covering on the Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast was that Liverpool have implemented sort of some new training um, monitoring or tactics with mm-hmm. um, uh, so, sort of an AI algorithm that's supposed to help predict injuries. And yeah. it looks like it worked really well in the spring when they first implemented it. And now we get to the beginning of this season and may not be functioning quite the way that they want. Like it might be a little too sensitive. And so we have guys that are, you know, labeled as injured or they're out, but they may not actually be that injured. And so uh, because they are out, people are, you know, concerned, but I, I don't think that the injuries are that bad. And so everybody should be, back to to full health and all options available by you know the fifth or sixth game of the season and then we're like you're you're fully stocked and ready to go for the next 10 games plus the six champions league group stage games so i think there's definitely uh enough depth enough quality there especially for that first half of the season uh and then you know the the World Cup actually provides a good opportunity. Like if Liverpool think they w- need to strengthen somewhere, if somebody does get injured, uh, you can go out and make a deal because you you got five weeks where it's a big break, and you mm-hmm. can go and negotiate a deal, and that that player could be in camp for Liverpool starting in December. So um, there there are opportunities there um, if if things do if there is a need that arises. So, uh, Lubo, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the depth uh, options for Liverpool? I mean, most, mostly agreeing with you. I think that, that the fact that uh, if everybody were available, right, if, if, if we didn't have injuries then, and you look at the squad, then you, you'd be thinking, okay, we're, we're set. I mean, you'd not be expecting uh, you know, players like Ox and, and some of these other to, to, to play at all if everyone were available, it's just that, that there are injuries. And, and, and I think the two serious, the two more serious injuries, one is Ox, and then the other one is Ibu, even though hopefully Ibu uh, is back sooner than, than later, but it's a little unknown with, with his knee, right? But that was another freak injury that, that happened that you, you don't expect. But if, and and the, the fact that it's mostly these uh, Nigu injuries where players are out a week, two weeks, three weeks, uh, as they're coming back, and the fact that they're all uh, accompanied by a couple of bad results, and the transfer window is still open, uh, leads to this panic, this hysteria to to do something that you know we don't have enough players, or the players we have are terrible, or the players we have are injury prone, and then that means you have to go and and buy uh, you know another five midfielders, or three midfielders, or two midfielders, or whatever whatever the magic number is. Uh, but then the, by the time <laughs> Honestly, by the time the transfer window closes, or, or at least it's, it's the deadline, which is where I would imagine most teams would be, that are looking to sell would be holding out until the transfer deadline to sell anybody. By that time, you could have, hopefully we have most of the players back. I mean, Klopp yeah. hinted that uh, um, uh, Diogo and Curtis uh, could be back in training after the Man United game. So obviously it's yeah. going to take them a couple of weeks to, to get up to speed. 
but that would be a, a huge, a huge boost. Um, and I think then the question, Joel should be back as well. I mean, with him, it was more of a precaution and maybe he'll just miss a couple of games just not to risk him. Um, but then you, you, then you have uh, three senior center backs. We still have a, a Nat and Sepp as, as some depth. Uh, and, and, and so then it's a question of, you know, when you, you get Diogo, when you get Thiago, uh, but once, and then obviously the, the, the other complicating factor right now, which is not injury related is, is the red card. All right. So we, we mm-hmm. are a little bit stretched, but on the other hand, we also are still playing one game a week right now. So it, it, it almost feels like if there was a time for you to have a, a series of these unfortunate short-term injuries, now is the best time because hopefully then it means that by the time you really start playing two games a week, Champions League is back, which is in, in early September, you would have most of the players back and, and available. And with five subs uh, as well in the league, which is huge, it gives, it gives Klopp options to rotate, to manage minutes, to bring players in uh, coming back from injuries in, in, into, the, into the games. And so I think from that perspective, uh, assuming that there are no more you know, bad injuries or, or no um, sort of um, setbacks, if, if we can get most of the players back by the end of the month, I think we're in, in good shape. Now, does, does it mean that Liverpool are not going to consider transfers? I, they're always considering transfers, right? And I think that's one of the things that's, mm-hmm. you know, despite what journalists say, uh, if, if an opportunity comes up, if a player becomes available uh, where Liverpool decides, you know what, we need to act now, because this player may go somewhere else and, and, uh, and, and maybe we could just bring someone six months earlier rather than waiting for, for January or even a year earlier. Could they act? Yeah, I could, I could see it happening. But at least as long as by the end of the, the month, most of these players that have these short-term injuries are back, we should be, we should be in good shape to go into, into that busy part of the season. Yeah, Liverpool should be primed and ready to go and they get that started on, on Monday. So, um, Sticking with you, Lubo, um, what are you expecting from Liverpool against Manchester United in terms of either lineups or tactics, or or what do you want to see in the game that's not just a win? So, just another 5-0 win, that's not enough? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I guess that would be enough. That would be enough. I mean, it, there, there are some so question marks, right? There were, uh, from a lineup questions, I think if if we can get Joe Gomez seems to be fine, and I think we, we're likely to see, possibly depending on, on how it goes, we may be able to, to see Joe and, and, and Virgil get a run of games together. Uh, likely Joel will come back when we get started with the Champions League. So uh, those three senior centre-backs will be, will be rotating the way Klopp rotated last year with uh, uh, Virgil, Joel, and, 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 and Ibu. So hopefully uh, Joe comes in and, and has an excellent game, and he's going to need it because United do have some some tricky, fast uh, players, especially if M- Martial uh, is back. And then having Bobby, uh, I think it's going to be really huge because uh, we- what will be really interesting uh, for Man United is if they continue to, to insist on building from the back, playing from the mm-hmm. back, and, and what they tried to do against Brentford. And Brentford was just able to press them and, and even had a, a, really a couple of goals that, were, that came from, from, from pressures, right? So I, I think mm-hmm. if if Man United decide to still play from the back, play out of the back, build out from the back, passing, um, I think having Bobby there would be would be huge. Um, if I mean for all practical purposes, then Hag may decide to just launch it long on every you know every uh, goal kick 
So we'll see how that works. That probably makes the hair much more comfortable. But having Bobby back as well, I think, could be could be huge. And then it's it's really then going to be um, hopefully just um, we can get started on on the right foot. And and if we have early chances, and I I'm, I'm convinced we'll have a lot of good chances. It's just scoring that first goal. That is going to be so huge. Where we are now at the lead away, if we're able yeah. to score the first goal. I know we'll create the chances, but if we're able to actually take one of those two chances and, and score that goal, then I think everyone's just going to be flying, and it it could it could turn into a into a, a crazy score again. Um, that that's what I'm hoping to see. I'm hoping to see Joe and Bobby back in the in the starting lineup, and then I'm I'm hopeful that we'll we'll capitalize on some of the early chances and go up one nil, ideally two nil, and then just really after that just pick them on the break. Yeah, and I think that, like, for me, like you're saying, is like the emphasis has to be on not conceding that first goal. Uh, we got to break that streak. So it's it's six Premier League games in a row yeah. where Liverpool have gone down one nil, and that that really needs to stop. So not conceding the first goal and then really focusing on getting a clean sheet. Like I think that for me that those have to be the priorities. And then, like you're saying, like I'm very confident that Liverpool will score goals of their own. So that would put us in a, in a really good situation. And, you know, Joe Gomez getting a start is, is definitely a key to that. Uh, and like you guys have said, he looked, he looked good on Monday when he came on uh, and, you know, it's sort of reuniting that partnership that he had with Virgil a few seasons ago. So hopefully there, there's more like that on Monday. Um, so, so Paul, what are your, your thoughts on, on the game against Manchester United? It's going to be interesting because I think it's Old Trafford, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know, United fans will not want to see United be pragmatic and sit with, with 10 players behind the ball. I also think that Ten Hag will look at it and go, De Gea can't play out from the back, so we're going to have to launch the ball forward at least 50-60% of the time. If United play that way, that just plays straight into Verge and Joe's strengths and abilities because they can lap that kind of that kind of ball up you know, all all day long. Even Fabinho can, can tidy that up as well. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what way United approach this because I don't think they can sit back and just and just hope that they can defend for ninety minutes against us. And at the same time, I don't see how they're gonna be able to build their attacks too well because as you said, Lobo, Brentford were able just to pick them off time and time again when they tried to play out from the back, scored two goals as a result of mistakes. And then Brentford got a cracker goal on the counter-attack when United actually did try and attack. So you know, and I think the rumours have been that 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 uh, Maguire is going to be dropped and he's going to go with Martinez and Varane as his two centre-backs. And that, to me, just sounds like an ideal scenario for us because, you know, there's no height there. But at the same time, you know, our, our pace behind with Diaz and Salah if Bobby's coming short to pick up those balls, you've got Salah, you've got Diaz, you, you'll, you'll have Harvey running, um, making those midfield runs, hopefully Keita, or if it's not Keita, you'll have Hendo, you'll have someone, even Milner, making you know those kind of attacking midfield runs. I just don't see how United's defence will be able to cope with that. It's famous last words, you know, you don't want to sit here being incredibly confident going, oh yeah, it's another 4-5-0 drubbing. But you look at it on paper and go, oh my goodness, you know, like, 
I have made two United fans and they're not looking forward to this game because they just cannot see how United can do anything against us because if they try to go long with their attacks, they know that we can we can we can deal with that pretty easily. And if they try to sit back, they also know that probably defensively they're not good enough to be able to to handle, you know, down down their left. Um, or down their right, they're not going to be able to handle Robo and Diaz or Trent and Mo and uh, and Harvey Elliott. So I'm looking at it, kind of going where Crystal Palace are able to set up and know that they're going to be a counter attacking team and hope that they can get that one ball forward. That 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 you know, Nat Phillips was ideal for them because they knew if they put Zaha on Nat Phillips, that was going to be okay. He was going to outpace them all day long. I just look at it and go United. If it's Martial, if it's Rashford, if it's whoever, Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk, they're pacey. They should both be able to kind of give a lot more of competition for that kind of over-the-top ball. I don't see what United's tactics can be. I think we we can, we can, I think in the midfield, and this is probably one of the games where you look at it and go, we should be able to outmaneuver Man United in the midfield because that's where we won the game last season. And Naby had a stormer that day. Um, and he got on the on the on the score sheet himself. So I just look at it and go, you know, we we definitely should be able to to tactically overrun them. And I think you're right. Getting that first goal, we just I think we just need to take one of these early chances. We create the chances early in games. We just don't take them. A goal after eight minutes would just be ideal. It would just be mm. super. That'd be perfect. Yeah, a goal after eight and up three nil after thirty, and then just exactly. Cruise. Ah. Yeah. That's a good point for us to to bring this podcast to a close. So, Lubo, do you want to give us your your final thoughts or plugs? Um, I just I just hope that one is we win on Monday and then just get a few more wins in a row, just really to get the confidence going and get the fans uh, off the ledge. And hopefully, that also coincides with uh, quite a few of, uh, of these injured players coming back, building a bit of a rhythm. So, when we do start those uh, two games a week. Uh, period, we have players available, we have players that are already match fit, they have some rhythm, and Klopp can really start rotating heavily uh, and, and start putting up the wins in, in both the, 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 the league and in the Champions League. So it's just, it's just, you know, it feels a little bit like the first win, the first clean sheet is, is the hardest. <laughs> Hopefully that is uh, on Monday, and then we go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Paul, your final thoughts? My final thoughts is that I hope the next time we're coming to do a positivity podcast, it's being positive because we've had four league wins. We've maybe got off to a good start in the Champions League and had a win there. And we're not in the case of we're trying to trying to pull the positive bones out of a out of a bad situation, but we're actually sitting here properly positive and buzzing because everyone in the Liverpool supporter world is absolutely buzzing as well because we're all positive. That 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 we've made a good that we've made a good start to the season. I hope that the next time we chat, we're sitting going, "Do you remember that time we had two draws?" But we're you know we've got past that now, and we're actually doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. Let, um, the next time we record in, in in three or four weeks' time, I am hoping that we're just talking about four or five wins. So uh, we'll, we'll bring it to a close there. Uh, let's get back to winning ways starting on Monday. Um, thank you for listening and until we talk to you again up the reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement 
and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.